Welcome to the GMAT Strategy Podcast. You're here because you believe there's a better way to study for the GMAT, and so do I. I created the GMAT Strategy to maximize your results and minimize your efforts so you can get to the fun parts about business school and life as quickly as possible. My name is Isaac Puglia, and I've been teaching GMAT classes and tutoring privately for the GMAT for over six years, and I personally have achieved a 99th percentile score on an official GMAT exam and helped hundreds of students get into the business schools of their choice. I'm excited to be a part of your MBA journey since I think the world can benefit from the best possible business leaders that we can find. And if this show is bringing you value, please share it with your friends and family who are studying for the GMAT so that together we can make this process as easy and painless for as many people as we possibly can. Let's go. And we're back. Apologies for the radio silence last week. I have been up to my ears in just stuff. And it's not that this is not a priority. It is. It's just that there were many, many other priorities this week. But the good news out of last week's radio silence is likely coming a really, really epic and awesome YouTube series that's going to go super in-depth into strategies, methodologies, and hopefully many official guide questions as well. So that's, that's still in the works. It's still in the background. I'm not making any official announcements yet. But the good news is part of the reason you didn't hear from me last week is because I'm working on bringing you even more value uh, than just the podcast is providing. Let's get into more GMAT questions. Let's start with number 12, the next problem in the 11th edition of the official guide. As always, I recommend pausing the episode after I read you the question and at the very least attempting to think about how you would solve it, especially if you're driving or if you're in an environment where doing the actual problem with some scratch paper is not practical. Even just thinking about how you would go about solving a question is really going to help you strategize and going to help your speed a lot on test day. The problem reads point 0.1 plus point 0.1 squared plus point 0.1 cubed equals, go ahead and give it a shot or think about how you would do it. So I think if you know your decimal rules, then this one is pretty much a slam dunk and you're not going to struggle with it too much. And that's fantastic. If you don't know your decimal rules, then I would strongly recommend memorizing them. In fact, there are some Khan Academy videos on just that, which are fantastic. If you have Manhattan Prep's Foundations of Math book, that's an excellent resource as well. Now, I want to give you one major tip for a question like this which is that if you struggle with decimal calculations, and you know what? I would say the majority of my students do, even if they don't want to admit it, (laughs) or maybe don't want to admit it to themselves. It's not that they don't know the math. They do know the math. It's just that under time pressure, they struggle to execute decimal calculations without making lots of mistakes or without having to double and triple check everything. If you find you're in that boat, just use fractions. (laughs) I find myself giving this tip to people all over the place, especially in tutoring sessions. And decimal calculations, it's rare that the entire question is a decimal calculation like this one, but decimal calculations show up pretty frequently in other types of questions. 
And I've found that using fractions just helps a ton. I find I'm giving my, I'm, I give people that tip a lot on percentage questions as well. Just write them as fractions. And I think it's a good mantra to just think when in doubt, write things out. It'll really, really help a ton. So if you were going to do this one with fractions, you'd do 1 over 10 plus 1 over 100 or 1 over 10 times 1 over 10 plus 1 over 10 times 10 times 10. Something like that would be fine. And then you find a common denominator and you would wind up with the right answer. Now, yes, it's going to be faster for sure to just use the decimal rules. And in general, when you are taking decimals to powers, it's the opposite of what I was talking about, I think, a couple weeks ago where you're square rooting or cube rooting decimals, which is if I take a one decimal number to the second power, it'll double the number of places in the decimal. If I take a one decimal number to the, to the third, it'll triple the number of decimal places. Just like square rooting will cut the number of decimal places in half, and cube rooting will cut the number of decimal places by one third. So the answer to this question is 0.111. Next question. And feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions on these. I'm at the GMAT strategy on Instagram. I am slash the GMAT strategy on Reddit and Facebook and on YouTube as well. Number 13, a carpenter constructed a rectangular sandbox with a capacity of 10 cubic feet. If the carpenter were to make a similar box twice as long, twice as wide, and twice as high as the first sandbox, what would be the capacity in cubic feet of the second sandbox? Give this one a shot. Definitely use scratch paper if you have it handy. Don't get in the habit of just doing every question in your head. That's a bad habit. If you don't have any scratch paper available, just think about how you would solve the problem and see if you can visualize the solution path in your mind and rehearse writing the solution path as you go. You know, this is actually an interesting tip that's coming to mind. There's been some really interesting research recently that's shown that just visualizing doing a physical activity gives you about 70% of the benefit of actually doing that physical activity, which to me is like some like, what? How does that even work? It's like totally mind blowing. But it's pretty crazy to look at the data. They even did it with uh, strength training, which just totally blew my mind. I mean, it just seems like, yeah, that just can't be real. Like they must be making it up. But even just people who visualized doing a bunch of bicep curls made strength gains without actually doing any bicep curls. So that is just absolutely mind-blowing. But it's a great opportunity to visualize doing your scratch work exactly what perfect scratch work would look like. That is going to be really, really good for you if, you can't, if, you're, if you're not in a position while you're listening to this to actually do the work. So let's talk about solution paths here. You know, this is kind of like a classic GMAT question. I mean, all of these, all of these are really classic GMAT questions in the sense that there's pretty much always more than one way to get to the answer. And I think Sal's method that he uses in the video, which is linked in the description of this particular episode, is definitely interesting. He makes a pretty elaborate drawing with, uh, with several cubes and kind of like goes a little bit into the theory behind the problem which is totally fine. If that makes sense to you and that's intuitive to you, then by all means, for sure do it that way. And I think the caveat with all my recommendations is that if what you're doing is already working and getting you the results that you want, 
don't fix it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. But if you know that there are things that I'm saying that are resonating with you and you're like, oh, I'm not doing a good job of that or, oh, I'm definitely making that mistake that Isaac's talking about, definitely <laughs> heed my advice. So the drawing, although I'm a major proponent of making good drawings on your geometry questions, I just think the drawing path that he uses on this particular solution is uh, not ideal. I think it's, it's very error prone and I'm imagining a lot of my students doing it and it's just becoming a mess. So I would recommend as often as you possibly can to actually use the plugging in numbers strategy on geometry questions, particularly three-dimensional geometry questions. If there's a way for you to plug in numbers, uh, if they're giving you these unknowns, then for sure take advantage of that. I try to plug in numbers as often as I possibly can on geometry, particularly 3D geometry, just because even if your spatial reasoning is good, which I would definitely say mine is, under time pressure, it's just really easy to make mistakes. And that's the name of the game. The name of the game with the GMAT is controlling missing questions you know how to do. It, it's just unbelievably important. I spend that's like a pretty good amount of time on that in the, in my study accelerator class, the GMAT strategy. And in the private Facebook group, I, I feel like I'm talking about that a lot with people just because I think people forget, you know, and it's, it's just something that is worth being reminded of a ton. And uh, I know I'm doing that on this podcast. So you're in luck. <laughs> um, so plugging in numbers, how would I go about that? It's, it's kind of interesting because they fix the total capacity at 10, which is a weird number to, to break down. So I would just try to use the easiest numbers that I could. And, and if you want more help refining this strategy and getting really great at it, then definitely check out the episode I did on how to plug in numbers. I don't remember exactly what the episode number is, but it shouldn't be super hard to find if you search the podcast. So what I did is I just made the length 10, the width 1, and the height 1. And yeah, it's kind of a weirdly shaped sandbox, but I don't really care about that. I just want to make the GMAT as easy as I can possibly make it. So I just used those numbers and then I doubled all of them. And then you get a length of 20, a width of 2, and a height of 2, and you just multiply those three things together. And in my opinion, that just keeps it super simple. It takes the problem out of the conceptual realm, which is a place that people tend to make a lot of mistakes and it encourages you to do more in your head instead of writing things out and just keeping things in terms of simple numbers. And it re just reduces how error prone that type of question is. So the answer to that one is 80 cubic feet. Let's do one more. This one's kind of a quick hitter, but I still think it's worth talking about. Which of the following cannot be a value of 1 divided by the quantity x minus 1? And then it gives you five answer choices. Sal only says two of them, so I made up three. But I'm not going to tell you which ones are real and which ones are made up. Answer option A is negative 1. Answer option B is 0. Answer option C is 1. Answer option D is two, and answer option E is three. Again, we're trying to figure out which cannot be the value of the expression one divided by the quantity x minus one. You can definitely take the conceptual route on this question, and that's kind of what Sal does, which is fine. That's completely, completely fine if that makes sense to you. Just thinking about how if I if I make x 0, then that will equal negative 1, which is option A. 
And then what I would probably do is from there, one of two methods, either look at B and think, I'm not really sure if I can make this equal to zero. Let me test the other three options and see if I can get those to work, which is a great strategy, or just make some equations. So I think I would prefer just the, the guess and testing of like B, like, oh, I'm not really seeing how to make this zero. I'll come back to that later if I have to. I look at C and I think, can I make it equal to one? Yeah, if X is two. Can I make it equal to two? Yeah, if I get 0.5 in the denominator, one divided by 0.5 will equal two. And then if I, if I make the uh, denominator one third, then one divided by one third will equal three. So that's kind of the more co conceptual-ish way to do it. It's not as conceptual as Sal's approach, which is like, oh, it'll never be zero because the denominator would have to approach infinity and that would only approach zero, which is totally fine. Again, if that's the way your mind works, then awesome. But if you're looking for something that's, um, I don't know, just a little, a little bit less head in, head in the clouds-ish, which tends to be the approach that I recommend for pretty much everybody, um, is I would just set them all equal to all five answers. Like I would just do one over x minus one equals negative one, and then just do the algebra and see if I can get a value for x. If you set one over x minus one equal to zero, then when you go to multiply the denominator on both sides and get rid of the x minus one, you get one equals zero when you, after that first calculation and you think, oh, that's not true. Uh, so that would be a great sign that the answer is B <laughs> at that point. So I think I would recommend that or the kind of like plug in guess and test type approach that, uh, that I just recommended. So I'm still super pressed for time this week. I apologize. But I do want to let you know that if you are looking for study guidance and you already have a content source that you're really happy with, like you have a digital class you like, or you have an in-person class that you like, or even a private tutor that you like, but you'd like to accelerate your progress, then definitely check out my study accelerator, the GMAT strategy at thegmatstrategy.com. If you have been studying for a really long time and your score is not moving and you're not sure why your score is not moving, that is another reason that I made the GMAT strategy class. So definitely go check that out. And of course, as always, check out my free video on how to achieve your dream GMAT score in half the normal time and half the normal effort, especially if you're just starting out. Um, if you would like me or uh, one of my colleagues to walk you through every single detail of the GMAT, not just an accelerator class that plugs into another program of study, then I would recommend heading to testcrackers.org. That's T-E-S-T. C-R-A-C-K-E-R-S dot O-R-G, or you can click the link in the description of this podcast or the description of this episode. And check out our Yelp reviews on Test Crackers. We have hundreds of five-star Yelp reviews and zero reviews that are not five stars. I honestly don't even know I've ever seen any other business with those types of ratings on Yelp. Uh, so people really, really like our classes, and we tend to teach uh, very rigorously and very thoroughly, but with a really lighthearted atmosphere, uh, with a lot of humor, and we try to just take the drag out of studying for the GMAT and for the GRE. So if you have friends who are in the game, they're, they're looking for a live class, we are gonna be starting live in-person classes in July back up in San Francisco, which we're very excited about, assuming everything goes well. And we've also transitioned to teaching online, so you can take a live digital class with us. And because you're a listener of the GMAT Strategy Podcast, if you enter the code TGS at checkout, you can get a $100 discount on that class. And what we do both in the GMAT Strategy and at Test Crackers is structuring your learning a lot more. So here, I'm going through these problems. I want it to be super, super valuable for you. 
but it's not necessarily practical for me to teach an entire class where I structure your learning from start to finish and build everything you know, one step at a time. I may wind up doing that with the podcast in the future. That's at the very minimum one to three years away. So in the meantime, if you're looking for something that's more of a complete solution, then definitely consider us if, uh, if that sounds appealing. And if not, it's totally all good. I know my class or test crackers classes are not going to be a fit for everybody, and I am completely, completely at peace with that, okay? So as always, my greatest hope is that this material will make your studies as easy and as painless as they can possibly be. If you'd like more tips and strategies for optimizing your performance, as I said, just head to my website, thegmatstrategy.com, and check out the video on how to achieve your goal in half the normal time and with half the normal effort. In the meantime, this is a weekly show, so please subscribe, and stay positive and stay consistent with your studies. I'll talk to you all soon.